Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations, metrics, and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. I'm very excited. As usual, I'm always excited to introduce you to my next guest, but it's never a lie. Today, I have a good friend uh, who I met through the Bureau of Digital. Shout out to Carl and everybody at the Bureau of Digital. He is the founder, uh, co-founder and vice president of Sparkbox, a web design and development firm that crafts responsive websites and web applications where he oversees operations and finance, all the things we love to talk about here on the show. He's also the co-host of a great podcast called Overly Human. And today he's here to share something that I've heard him speak about a couple of times through the Bureau of Digital, which is forecasting. The thing that we're all trying to get to as agency owners, it seems, but a lot harder to do uh, than it sounds. So with all of that, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show, Rob Har. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, it, we've been saying, or I've been saying at least, I need to have you on the show for quite some time because in the Bureau of Digital community, you've kind of been bestowed the responsibility of being the forecasting guy. That just seems to be something that you were called to do uh, for whatever reason. And you know, you've really become a thought leader um, outside of that community, but very much inside of that community on all things forecasting and, and more generally operations. So I'm really curious to know, like, how did that start? How did you get pulled into this space and start spending so much of your time speaking about these things? Yeah. So I think it goes back to the beginning of, you know, Sparkbox. So we've been doing the company for about 11 years now. And like most owners of, you know, digital studios, it was kind of accidental. My background is in software development, architecture, specifically security and scalability, um, and, you know, I found myself an owner of a company and kind of running a team and not really having a lot of formal business training at all. And, you know, we ran that way for about two years. And then we started hitting up some hard limits of nobody kind of, you know, understanding what it took to get the work done and how to do it profitably and to make money at doing this. And, you know, I kind of decided to take it upon myself to me and my business partner that, you know, I was going to jump in and figure all this stuff out. Somebody had to, if we were going to keep doing it. Um, it felt like, you know, like if you, until you do that, it feels like quicksand. So I jumped in and like, I kind of had a good head for numbers and spreadsheets and enjoyed that stuff anyway, and really kind of tried to figure out what it was going to take to do this. And, you know, because, you know, I had no real formal training. I hired an outside coach, a mentor that kind of came in and spent time with me and beat me up and, you know, kind of taught me the ropes, I guess to say, and he would basically come in and spend an hour with me or two every single week and just coach me. And he was really, really good at only giving me the next little bit, um, as I was ready for it and never, never too big a bites, but, you know, always, you know, building this discipline of repeatability. And one of the things he just said over and over and over again, is you won't be in control of your business until you can predict it. And that 
was like this moment. It was like, no, okay, so this is what I got to get good at. I got to get good at predicting what's going to happen. So what are some of those fundamental building blocks that you had to get in place to get to a place where you're able to start forecasting and, and get that level of insight that you needed to operationalize the business? Yeah, I think it really comes down to this whole idea of discipline and not so much that discipline is made up of willpower because willpower isn't something that lasts, but as discipline being a system of habits that you can train and design for a specific outcome. And you know, how do we make things repeatable? How do we make things intentional so that when things are done, we're happy with the result and we'll know they're done and that you know, things aren't unintentionally missed because I think we all have the best intentions, but life happens. And if you don't spend the time to write down what your system is, one, you'll never get more people involved because they won't know what to do. But two, you know, like you'll just, you'll skip it because something happens, the urgent happens. And, you know, I find that a lot of owners, and I was guilty of this too, spend so much time on the urgent that they forget to do the necessary. And if we really write those things down, we can still choose not to do them because they're not the most important thing on the list, but they'll be written down and we can come back to them. Um, and what I've learned is, you know, so much of what needs to change is not just process, but it's culture. Like there's culture that needs to take place so that we can do really well. Uh, one of my favorite quotes out there is this whole idea that in order to have extraordinary results, we need to become really, really disciplined and good at the ordinary. How do we make things non-events? and have you know these grooves set up where the right behavior becomes the default and becomes the easiest path to take. And I think that's one of the things that I had to learn is how do we set those grooves up and walk those paths over and over and over again to develop ruts so that by default, good things are happening. So it sounds like documenting process and really just figuring out how to build a culture around, you know, like maintaining and following process was really important. Anything else that you, you think was like really a foundational building block to start building the kind of agency that you wanted on top of? Yeah, I think the other thing is feedback loops and making sure that, you know, everything can be broken down to this whole idea of, you know, predict, measure, adjust, predict, measure, adjust. And I think that it's a really simple concept, but it's not easy to do and do in, in the same way over and over and over again and to stick with that process. Because I think one of the things that gets in the way is, you know, humans. Humans want to be right. You know, humans think they're really good at predicting the future when in fact, when shown that data that we're not so good at, it hurts our feelings. So how do we separate, you know, who you are as a person from the job we're asking you to do and giving you tools to improve? And me saying that, hey, this this we got this wrong isn't me saying, you know, you're a horrible person. It's, hey, what can we learn from this to do better next time? Because let's just not make the same mistakes. Let's make better. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. 
So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. With that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. It's all about being able to accurately predict utilization, right? That's what so many of our these businesses come down to is being able to predict and measure utilization, right? Because, you know, time is an expiring commodity and every single day our entire inventory of unused hours goes bad and it's worthless. So how do we make sure that you know, things are happening like we think they should. Um, you know, project managers, developers, designers, we're all optimistic. And we all, without the data and feedback, will look at something and say, well, of course, it'll be easy to put in six hours on this because everything will be there and we'll have everything we need. So we'll just do that. And, you know, that ignores the realities of clients sometimes can hold up timelines and all the other things that can happen. So, by putting that feedback loop in, it allows us to say like, okay, what are my contingencies? What, what, what happens if the client misses their review deadline? Do I have other work lined up? Because so much of it comes back to project planning. And for us, what that looks like is, is we ask all of our project managers before the end of every week to be able to forecast out as far as they can see into the future. And then we're really easy at the end of the next week to be able to go back and say, hey, you forecasted this many hours. Here's the actual, and this is the delta. And like I said, we don't want to look at anyone and say, hey, you did a bad job, you're a bad person, but it's more of the, allows us to ask good questions, right? What happened? One of the other things I want to dig into is something that you said recently, which was, I, I don't let project managers bring an estimate to me unless they've got two other projects that smell similar to compare it to. Um, could you dig in a little bit more into that and how you think about estimation and why looking at historical data is so important for you. So, you know, me and our director of projects kind of sat down and said, okay, well, where do we have good data about how good we are at estimating? And we said, well, we've got other estimates that we've done and we've got the actuals looking back. And, you know, when you really break it down, there's not that many different types of projects. They all have you know, there's a couple different shapes they take, a couple different ways they look. So can we use that data to help inform, you know, future decisions so we're making different mistakes? That's the key. Like so much of this is not repeating the same mistakes over and over again. So we started looking for similar projects that had a similar shape to use to justify, you know, our new estimates and looking at the actuals. And then we could go back and look at those estimates and see what we missed and make sure we're not missing those same things again and accounting for that stuff. And is it perfect? No, but it provides a way to get better over time. So great insight on that. The last thing that I wanna try and extract from your brain, Rob, there's so many things actually that I wanna extract from your brain, but the last thing that we probably have time to extract from your brain is just around your view on time tracking. This is something that, I, you know, when I get invited on a podcast, I can talk very passionately about I think time tracking is one of those things that has um, that can be controversial in the industry. Um, how do you feel about time tracking? Do you feel like it's important and why? I think it is one of the most important things that agencies and or studios can do. Um, when you look at, you know, most agencies and studios spend anywhere from, you know, 
58 to 75 percent of every dollar coming in back on people that makes it our number one cost by a you know, an astronomical margin so not knowing where our time is going is basically not knowing how we're spending our money and you know if you were if i were to say to you like hey i'm gonna you know your credit card and your personal expenses i'm not going to give you any insight to how you're spending 60 to 75 percent of your money you just have to trust that it's being spent the right way you'd look at me like i'm crazy like i've got a you know third eye like what do you mean you're not going to tell me where i'm spending my money and you know i realize that that's not always a comfortable place to think about time but that's the reality that's the deal we set up with employees is you know really simply you know i'm bulk buying you know somebody's hours you know 2080 of them a year at a pre-negotiated rate and they hope that i can turn around and make a profit at them so that they can continue having a job and the company continue to exist. It's not that hard of a business model. Um, but I think that if we don't track our time, we're, we're lying to ourselves that things will just work out. Um, and you know, you're, you're setting yourself up for all kinds of different profit leaks. And I think that goes for no matter how you do your pricing, you know, if you're doing your pricing by value or fixed price or, you know, um, T and time materials like we do, um, there's, you still have to know where it's being spent to know what your effective hourly rate is and where the money goes. So just to wrap up, um, to give everyone an, an idea of like, once you've got these kind of building blocks in place, so you've got some feedback loops, you've got a foundational process, you, you've got some time tracking data that you can lean on. What are the kinds of things that you can get into forecasting? What does forecasting look like at Sparkbox? What are the things that you're able to see into the future on today that really enable you to make better decisions? Yeah, those things are pretty simply. I mean, it's what money is going to come in, what my utilization in the future looks like, what is my pipeline healthy enough, and is it going to sustain me for what I need and what my win rate needs to be? Um, you know, it it really is the lifeblood. Like, I think that forecasting is one of the best skills that any of us, any of the studio owners, can learn because you know the three things that really get wrapped up into operations, in my perspective, are finance, biz dev, and delivery. And forecasting is a thing that binds them together, that allows us to look into the future of our finances and know what we're going to be, to be able to predict our production schedule and deliver things on time, and be able to know what we need from biz dev. And if we can, when is the next time we can start a project? How many times do we ask that? Well, when can we start? And, you know, the, the simple truth of these businesses is that what winning looks like is when your capacity to do biz dev is greater than your capacity to do the work because then you don't have those gaps in utilization. But to get there, you have to be able to tell people when you can start and how you're going to be able to do that. So like, I don't see how you separate running good, profitable business from figuring out how to do forecasting and to get some of those insights, be it financial, be it project-based, be it accuracy, be it biz dev, all of that stuff is interconnected. Mm, absolutely. And so for those that are listening that are maybe at the beginning of this journey or they're just kind of getting started, what advice do you have for them um, so that you know they can chart the path and avoid maybe some of the, the pitfalls along the way to forecasting? Yeah, I think you got to start small. You know, look for small, repeatable patterns that you have a way to measure. You know, any kind of 
new guidelines or rules without a way to measure is simply a suggestion. So you have to have ways to be able to measure these things. So you have to start with measuring yesterday because otherwise you'll have no idea if your forecasts are right. So get that right first. Get yesterday down and then start making predictions and seeing where you measure out and repeat and repeat and just stick with it. This process can like it takes oftentimes when I talk to studios, it takes sometimes years to get right and get do well because you know, it's not the only thing our teams are doing. We're still having to deliver on projects. We're still having to deal with the humans and all the other things involved with our business. This is a, it's a journey. It's a pursuit, not a destination. And, but getting started, recognize that some of the changes you're going to have to make are cultural and they're going to be deeper than you think they are. All right. So with all of that, Rob, thank you so much for coming on the show, for sharing your wisdom and for making time for us. Really appreciate you being here. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener, and we will see you on the next episode.